Welcome to Pod Fortuna, a podcast for explorers of the metaphysical. I'm Sarah, and today Stacy and I are talking about metaphysics and sleep. We talk about essential oils, astrological transits, and spend a good time talking about crystals and have a little debate about a widely used crystal called amethyst. Um, we really hope you enjoy this. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Okay, so this week we wanted to talk about sleep. Yes. Um, and how the metaphysical can help with it. I know that I personally sought metaphysical aid for sleep because it just seemed really natural. Um, I struggle with sleep and it doesn't seem far-fetched to get into things like essential oils. Once you go down that like homeopathic rabbit hole, it leads you out to a whole other like world of sleep aids. I thought it might be helpful or fun to talk about it in general because sleep is one of the most common things that people complain about. Mm -hmm. Whether it's telling your doctor that you don't sleep enough or you have trouble falling asleep or you have trouble staying asleep. Insomnia is a very common, a commonplace thing that psychiatrists and therapists are dealing with and I would hazard a guess that four out of every five of your friends would say they don't sleep enough. Oh yeah I think I got like four hours of sleep a a night in college like well and that's so it's interesting because we hear that when we're young it's acceptable to sleep a bunch um and then you grow up and you hear that there are people out there functioning on six hours or less of sleep like it's an achievement right and it's kind a badge of, of honor. Yeah, and it becomes this um, this thing where you feel like in order to be a productive, achieving adult, you have to sacrifice sleep time in order to do stuff, or you just don't need to go to bed as early as you want to, or you don't need to wake up as late as you want to, because if all these other people are running around getting five, six hours of sleep and running the country... And by running the country, I mean being in Congress. Right. Um, <laughs> then, like, what the hell are we doing with our lives? Yeah. I personally cannot function on that little sleep. I'm trying to think of, like, how functional I am, like, on four hours versus, like, eight hours. I think it just depends on how restful it is. Like, if I'm tossing and turning for nine hours, and like, I'm not going to wake up refreshed. But if I get, like, a good five hours, like, a nice restful five hours, then I'm just as functional as if I got, like, a good eight So that's interesting to hear because I would also say the same thing, like in terms of if I had like a solid four hours of sleep, I usually wake up feeling rested. But several different sleep studies have shown that the like generally like scientifically agreed upon sleep range for 18 and over is seven to nine hours a night. Neuroscientists will say that if somebody is saying they can regularly function on six hours less or night, they're not being truthful. They may feel that way, but they call it like a fish in a fishbowl scenario. Like you have a hard time measuring how sleep deprived you are because you're sleep deprived. Mm. And if you get used to functioning that way, that means you're kind of have trained your body and brain to function at a lower capacity. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So like your body's like, this is as good as it's going to get. Exactly. Whereas if you get the recommended seven to nine hours a night, every night, it can help with your cholesterol, with your blood pressure, with your metabolism, with your focus. And so people have to find a norm for themselves based on what they think they need to do 
when they could be feeling a lot better and they'll just never know it because they're not necessarily feeling as tired as they quote unquote should. Yeah. You know, I think when any of us toss and turn all night and we just wake up feeling poorly rested, then we're yawning all day and we're like, yeah, obviously I didn't sleep enough last night. But if we wake up and we don't immediately want to like hit snooze and bury ourselves under our covers, I think most of us think, well, okay, we slept in acceptable amount of time last night. So yeah, it was interesting to read that just medically speaking, seven to nine hours of sleep are what are recommended. For me, since I don't feel well rested usually after a low amount of sleep, and that typically has to do with like medications that I'm on that induce grogginess whether I want it or not. So if I don't sleep it off, I'm a hot mess the next day. But I know I definitely am someone who suffers from that like imposter syndrome, I guess. Like I, yeah, if I'm like not... Or I guess, the, I don't know, maybe the opposite of imposter syndrome. If I'm not kicking ass and taking names on, like, six hours of sleep and waking up at 5 a.m. to go to Flywheel, then I'm not, like, living my best adult life. Right. I am an underachiever. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of comforting to read that people who are doing that are not doing themselves any good. And I seek sleep aids because I want a more restful sleep and because I want to be able to sleep medication off and... Because I want to hit, like, whatever my doctor is telling me I need to so that my metabolism is functioning correctly. But I just, I don't know many people who are like, yeah, I sleep seven to nine hours a night and I feel great. Right, yeah, I can't. I know for me personally, like, anxiety is one of the things that keeps me up at night. Yeah, me too. And sometimes that's, like, a medical anxiety. And sometimes it's just, like, do you have the kind of job that's paying you enough money? Are you worried about, like, how you're going to pay your credit card and your gas bill and your rent this month? Are you working two jobs to make everything work? Like, all of these things that I would love to say money isn't important, but all of it is. Mm-hmm. Money's important, unfortunately. Like, you have to have it in order to live your life. And I think it's one of the main things that people, my doctor a couple years ago was like, oh, well, maybe you just need like a sleep number bed. And I was like, great. Is my insurance going to cover like a new $1,200 mattress? (laughs) No. Okay. Well, so yeah. So we know in our house, no one sleeps well. No, for various reasons. Yeah. For a completely like different host of reasons. Like my fiance definitely needs a CPAP machine. (laughs) He, yeah, I suffer from anxiety and insomnia and a host of other medication side effect issues. One of our roommates just doesn't sleep. Literally. Like I don't think. Which is insane but also i believe him i believe him too but because sarah and i don't sleep very well we first got into essential oils yes yeah that was kind of like our gateway into most of what we plan to talk about over the course of this yeah we both deal with anxiety Mm -hmm. and unfortunately i can't walk around with like a steady iv drip of xanax into my veins like 24 7 to calm down so yeah, look for other ways to do that. And lavender is just so widely known as the scent that is supposed to relax you. Yeah, I remember I got into it because I wanted it at work. And I set up a little diffuser at my desk because my job was so stressful. And I would run that not necessarily as like obviously a sleep aid because I'm at work, but like just something to like ease the tension. I like hadn't really thought of essential oils in a diffuser before. It was genius when you got one. Because I was always burning candles, and I got linen spray that was lavender, and all of our cleaning products were lavender. Mm -hmm. 
I was trying to lavender bomb my environment without being as effective as just running a diffuser. Right. <laughs> so like since since you know her genius diffuser idea, I Amazoned like three different ones before I finally spent the money on a good one that doesn't break on me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we just we tried to lavender bomb our lives in order to cut the tension, in order to make sleeping a little bit easier, and that became like its own alchemy experiment. Yeah, it did. Because I like the scent of lavender, but it does not instantly soothe me the way some people claim it does. Yeah. I don't know if just society has told us that lavender's calming for so long that it has, like, a psychosomatic effect on people, or if I'm just that anxious. I don't know if it's ju- you're just that anxious, but I do, I do think that there is something about the scent. It might not be the same thing for every person. Like, some people love the smell of gasoline. Like, I love the smell of gasoline. But, like, you're, like, making this face like, oh, my God, how could you? I have never met anybody who's been like, I love the smell of gasoline. Oh, I assure you there are people who are just like me who love the smell of gasoline. That is gross. It's wonderful. Ugh. Okay, well, like, some people love the smell of chlorine. Anyway... I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I like the smell of coconut and you don't, so... I like the smell of coconut, but it's usually, like, artificial coconut. I don't like eating real coconut. Fair. Gasoline, really? Oh, I love gasoline. Like, if somebody sold, like, a gasoline-scented candle, would you buy it? I don't think I would buy a candle because I don't know if I would want it to, like, fill my room, but I definitely would, like, get a little gasoline-scented, like, roller or something that I can just, like, sniff real quick. I find this really fascinating. Yeah, I love it. I wonder if there's something that gasoline does to your, like, neurons that makes it synapse in a certain way. It might be. Because it's a very strong smell. And you do bring up a good point. There are people who really like the smell of bleach and chlorine, and they're very aggressive smells. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if there's, like, a brain-related, like, activity center thing that goes with that. I definitely think there is. I think that's why people, I mean, love candles, and they, they associate scents with particular things so strongly because it's clearly a thing because it works on some level you know people wouldn't keep using lavender if the first person that tried it was like this is some bullshit yeah yeah and i think that even if you don't love the scent of lavender people are always willing to like try it because it's relaxing it's just what we always hear it's relaxing right like lavender chamomile lang lang Mm -hmm. it's all the stuff people say is relaxing so you just like kind of latch on to it but gasoline's a new one. Well, gasoline doesn't, like, relax me, but gasoline is something that is pleasing to my nose. I don't think I would use it as, like, an anxiety relief, but... <laughs> Try it sometimes. See how it goes. Oh my god, just drive me to the gas station. <laughs> I get, like, $2 on pump number one. I just need a sniff. <laughs> I just need a hit. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I mean, I think that lavender is great and I love the smell of it, but I had to tinker with, I had to tinker with it in order to find something that helped me relax the way I wanted lavender to work for me because people just like to say that that aromatherapy is so perfect for that. So that then turned my essential oil habit from buying a diffuser and some lavender to having like a kit of 15 essential oils, five of which I have still yet to open. What ones are those? Um, I've never opened the frankincense. Frankincense frankincense is one of those things that people widely use for, like, homeopathic remedies. Like, either it be diffusing it or adding it to things. And I do not like the scent of it. But some people love it. And for some people, it's really great. I'm Catholic, and it just reminds me of the big holidays when 
the priest walks around with the ornate incense holder and like smokes that incense in your direction. So it's like a big frankincense is a big deal around like Christmas and Easter. (laughs) Just sin. I just associate it with like feeling bad about whatever burden I've put on the good Lord. That's my that's my issue with frankincense. Um, But yeah, I tinkered with my lavender. I put chamomile in it. I really liked the chamomile. I tried Lang Lang. I don't know that it has any noticeable effect on me. Um, eventually I realized that like florals in general, as long as it wasn't like an abrasive grandma floral were soothing to me. So I don't even use lavender as like a bedtime thing anymore. I actually use um, rose and chamomile. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Rose, I, I mean, that's, it's a more expensive habit. Don't get into rose if you don't have to guys. Cause Getting a good rose one is pricey, and then you still have to use a lot more of it than you would have to have lavender. that's a risky one. But yeah, like, I tried jasmine, which I find pleasing, but then it reminds me of working in a tea shop, and... Yeah, for every person, it's going to be different. I know I had to experiment, too. Like, I loved lavender and peppermint for work, because peppermint kept me focused, and lavender calmed me down, but bringing that concentration of lavender with peppermint, like, into my home reminded me of work so I was like okay how am I gonna you know get the same soothing effect at home with lavender in particular because I do really enjoy the scent anyway but then take away the peppermint and like take away that association with my job and then I had to like combine it with like vanilla and cleary sage and lang lang and like finding that right combination was trial and error but like now that I've figured out what works for me like I smell it and I'm instantly ready to go to sleep so I think that's really interesting because I, aromatherapy and whether it was candles or oils or whatever was appealing to me at first because of the idea of like scent memory. Yeah. Um, and the idea that you can train your brain to associate an action with a smell. Like the frankincense and going to church. Exactly. So I was like, great. I can scientifically approach my sense and have my senses, um, (laughs) like, tricked into doing something that I'm struggling to do. It seemed foolproof. Like, there is research behind the power of scent. There are tons of people who, like, swear by it. And, like, I know people who can use, like, a little mist on their eye mask or, like, put a little, like, roller, like, under their nose or on their pulse points, and the smell of it just immediately makes them tired. Yeah. And I just am not that way. And I don't know if it's because I'm overthinking, like, what I'm doing. Like, I I know that I'm trying to trick my brain. So my brain's like, haha, not today. I, what worked for me was not, because I don't get instantly sleepy. I get instantly ready to go to bed. So I, I, my brain is like, oh, okay, like, it's time to wash your face. It's time to wind down. And so I get in that mode But I'm not like, oh, I need to lay down on my pillow right now. It just kind of... Is it more of a mood than a scent memory? Um, I I would say it's a combination of both because I do associate that scent with, like, bedtime and going to sleep. And it allows me to reach that place without, like... I think what it helped with was, like... Not blocking out all of, like, the other thoughts, but it, like, focused my mind on the task at hand. I'm like, oh, I smell this scent. That means it's bedtime. So it's like, okay, I'm going to wash my face now and brush my teeth and, like, put my 
uh, pajamas on and like make sure that my clothes are out for the next day. I don't do that, but like put my watch on the charger. Like I remember to put my watch on the charger now because I associate with that with my bedtime routine. And so it's like a ritual now that gets me in that particular mindset rather than just like aimlessly trying to get to sleep. Oh, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like setting an intention when you meditate. It's like setting an intention for your evening. Yes. And that, that intention and that like mantra is not something that I have to like cultivate. It's like something that like comes to me when I, when I put that scent on. Yeah, I mean, I know that um, in terms of, like, therapy, and by they I mean therapists, when they're trying to help you form or break a habit, will definitely use, like, certain music or scents or because it is trying to get you into a routine. Mm-hmm. And just because for some reason, like, I struggle with it, I know that, like, we can't not run the diffuser because Rob now associates it with sleep. Uh, so he needs it as much as he needs the white noise. So if you are struggling with sleep, I would strongly recommend playing around with essential oils. Like if you use an eye mask, I think it's great to like spritz a little on it. If you, um, if you like linen spray, which I do, it makes me feel like I'm getting into a freshly made bed, even if like my sheets are three days old. Um, and sometimes like the pulse points do work or, burning like a specific candle next to you while like you're reading before bed. Like I definitely think it's worth trying to create that scent memory or that scent mood because it does work for a lot of people. But I think because it didn't work for me the way I wanted it to, Uh I started looking for additives. Like I wasn't like forget this altogether because I liked it and it did make me feel like I was in a good habit Mm -hmm. and it did make me feel kind of centered. Yes. Um, which is always pleasant. Yeah, it feels intentional. Yeah, it felt like self-care. Yeah, Which I think, like, I think our um, interest in the metaphysical has gone hand-in-hand with trying to make sure we take time for Mm self-care. Mm-hmm. Which is probably, can all be tied back to the idea that we are a generation of overworked and underpaid and underslept people. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, since since essential oil alone wasn't um, cutting it for me, I loved that with essential oil, it, there was the idea behind each scent. This scent is supposed to be good for your focus. This scent is supposed to be good for a peaceful mood. This scent is supposed to be good for awareness, um, etc., etc., etc. So it, it felt a little like self-care science yeah. because there were these these categories you know, like, I am feeling restless. What's going to help with that? They're like I, recipes. Yeah, and that was that was great because it felt like I was taking an active role while also designing something for myself. Mm-hmm. So when I ran out of sense to play with, <laughs> like, bear with me here. It may seem like a logical leap, but I feel like crystals are sorted the same or similarly to scents. I absolutely like, agree. Or at least that's, like, that's how I wanted to approach them with intention rather than... Yeah, like, there's... Aesthetics. Like, you can find an essential oil for almost anything. Yeah. Relaxation, um, mindfulness. Money draw, happiness. Energy clearing. Yeah, one of our favorite blends is that weird happy blend that came with one of our diffusers. Yeah, it was surprisingly enjoyable. You can can find an oil for anything, and I think crystals have the same thing going for them. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a crystal for everything. 
So it, you know, what goes with essential oils? Well, kind of everything in that same realm of self-care and holistic approaches. I already take melatonin. I'm not trying to be on sleeping pills, basically. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then we just bounced right into crystals from there. Mm-hmm. Um, Because like I said, there's a crystal for anything. There's usually several crystals. Oh, yeah. For any some things. But if you like Google what crystals are good for sleep, most articles you read are going to have the same few mentioned. Like selenite is mentioned frequently. Um, it's a crystal that's governed by the moon and is just supposed to be very serene and cleansing. Rose quartz, I swear, is like, even though it's associated with love, I think people also just use it for everything. It's like this all-purpose crystal. Yeah. Because it's supposed to create like a very loving and calming energy. Mm -hmm. Um, and then interestingly, like, I would say the number one stone that you will see pop up on websites especially if they're like pop culture websites or novice websites is amethyst and you know i have a beef yeah like and yes you do have a beef which i thought was crazy at first because i don't have a beef and then we learned enough about crystals to kind of figure out why we react differently yeah um so amethyst if you like pop online a lot of those more generalized sites are gonna say that like amethyst is very calming and I don't, do you, like, before we jump into the sleep aspect, do you find amethyst calming in a non-sleep sense? I would say, I don't want to say calming. I think that amethyst for me brings about a sense of stabilization, but I would not call that strictly calming. I think it makes me more centered. And then therefore, like, that can be associated with the feeling of calm, but I don't think that it's like a tranquilizer for me. Yeah, I just think it's interesting, like, how it's described Um, in terms of being, like, a calming stone. Like, it is a stone that's really recommended for stress and anxiety. So, um, because I think when you got into crystals, like, amethyst was second only to rose quartz in terms of things that you were, like, attracted to. Yeah, I think, I think it's, you know, one of the more attractive crystals. I think it's one of those that like, oh, you see it on the internet. You're like, I must have this in my collection or it's not a real collection. And it's been recommended to me, but I think for a different reason other than sleep, I think it was more for like third eye opening and like connecting with spirituality. And I think for some people that is helpful when they sleep, like meditating before sleep and connecting with yourself, like maybe that amethyst is helping with that part of their sleep routine and that's why it's recommended so much but for me that wasn't helpful i mean i think it's interesting that with sleep specifically with crystals but basically with anything like yes these are all lumped into the category of sleep but like selenite is going to do something it's going to be more cleansing than something like sodalite which is literally trying to tranquilize you yeah and i think that just is like you have to figure out the root of why you're not sleeping. Yes. Because I think amethyst gets recommended because it is considered like an anxiety alleviating stone. It's supposed to be helpful to relieve stress. And so I think people just kind of lump it into like, well, if it's relieving stress, then you should like use it for sleep. Right. But it's like, why or how is it relieving stress? Right. I think for, at least for me, amethyst relieves my stress because it makes me in touch with the things that are good in my life rather than blocking out the things that are bad. That makes sense. It is supposed to be like a stone of abundance and prosperity as well. It's more active in my mind. Like my mind thinks more. I feel like I'm doing something more and 
for me, having that activity before trying to sleep just keeps me awake. So that's where I think the, like, debate about amethyst and sleep really, like, pops in. Because if you go beyond kind of the pop culture websites and the novice websites and read more about amethyst, it's a crown chakra stone and you know that's at the top of your head so it's gonna work with your brain more advanced sites will tell you that you can work with amethyst and your dreams Mm -hmm. so i am a very active dreamer and i don't know if it's because of the mood stabilizers i have to take or if my brain is just geared towards like very imaginative dreams or just like high activity when i sleep I think I try so hard to quiet my mind to go to sleep that that might be where, like, the the push and pull and, like, problem with, like, lavender not work. Like, I'm, I'm going about right, it like the you're wrong. on a scale of 1 to 100 and 100 being an active sleeper and 0 being, like, a dead horse. You're at a 90 and you're trying to put yourself at 0, but really you needed amethyst to push you 100. Exactly. So I think, you know, amethyst for me was helpful because it helped connect me to my dreams. So instead of just having these really, like, active dreams that were making me sleep a little fitfully because I was hovering between dreaming and, like, consciousness and, like, the weirdness of my... Yeah, dreams or the vividness of it asleep. yeah yeah like the vividness of it were almost pulling me more towards consciousness because i was like physically reacting or viscerally reacting to the reality that was happening when i was sleeping mm-hmm. so amethyst because it connects you to your dreams i think it just rooted me in my dream so that dream like stayed in my active imagination but stopped trying to wake me up because i wasn't like as i my consciousness wasn't like bouncing around frantically trying to figure out where all this activity yeah, is coming wasn't competing with it yeah it kind of like grounded me in that dream it like allowed yeah. me to stay in that place of imagination and flushed out the colors of the dream to make it like its own immersive experience and because it was immersive i stayed asleep that's amazing because i am not a dreamer i don't frequently have dreams. If I do have dreams, they're usually night terrors. And when I was trying to experiment with crystals in my sleep routine, I put amethyst on the bedstand. And I had nightmares for like five or six nights straight. And that was very unusual for me. And as soon as I put the amethyst back over on the other side of my room and replaced what was on my bedside table with things that were more tranquilizers like celestiate, uh, sodalite, howlite, I stopped having nightmares and I was able to sleep soundly. Yeah, it was so I normally wake up and can remember like most of what I dreamed because it was so weird that it like nags me awake a bunch. But I bought a really pretty amethyst geode and was like, I must display this all the time. It was pretty and expensive. So there was a week when I had a big ass geode in my room and you had amethyst on your nightstand. And while we have like 2000 square feet of space when five people live in it that's like not a lot of space Mm -hmm. so you and then traquan are four hours a night at most friend were like having vivid ass nightmares yeah like not just vivid dreams like nightmares and i was sleeping like a baby so strange i couldn't remember i couldn't for the most part i couldn't remember my dreams and i think that's because i was so deep in them Mm mm-hmm because when I, like, tried harder or when, like, Rob woke me up before I was really ready to be woken up, I was kind of still half in a dream. 
So it was just wild, like, how it flip-flopped. And how, like, you guys were, it was just not happy dreams. No, not at all. I, that, I would recommend to anyone who's trying to use crystals in their sleep routine, before you go buying things for this specific purpose, you need to figure out what is causing your lack of sleep. What is causing your discomfort when you sleep? What is causing you from keeping you asleep or getting you to sleep in the first place? Yeah, because if you're, if, if you're a very vivid dreamer like I am, I would totally recommend Amethyst. Because I think it helps you put both feet in that alternate reality instead of one foot in and one foot out. Yeah. When you took am, and I wonder if like just the sheer amount of amethyst vibrating in the house, it might have been a little screwing with us. Because when you put your amethyst back, and I still had my amethyst on my nightstand, I was still sleeping very well, but I, I could remember more of my dreams. Interesting. Yeah, it was weird. It was like all my dream energy got sucked out and like bounced into yours and Traeguan's brain. That is so wild. I felt really bad for you guys because that's how I dream every night, only not always horrifically. And <laughs> and you guys had to experience that for a week and it did not seem fun for you. It wasn't, but I'm glad I figured it out and I'm glad I had that moment to be like, oh, okay, this is the issue. This is what I can do to fix it. And then I did. And so now I know, okay, I can't do this when I sleep or it's not going to work out for me. So at least I had that, uh, you know, journey of knowledge to figure out what was going to work for me. Yeah. And I think like... The idea of researching what the cause of your sleep is is so important. And that's important across the board. Like, if you went to your doctor and said, I wasn't sleeping, your doctor isn't just going to assume that you're not sleeping because of your blood pressure. Mm -hmm. They're going to take your blood pressure. They're going to weigh you. They're going to measure your cholesterol. They're going to talk about your diet. They're going to ask you all the questions. And you should do that with yourself, too. Like, I think that... One of the coolest things about metaphysics is that it can work really well hand in hand with Western medical approaches yeah. if you like use it as like a full experience. Yeah, absolutely. Vaccinate your children, but also buy yourself some selenite. Exactly. And, you know, talk to your doctor to make sure that like your blood pressure isn't out of control, or your blood sugar isn't out of control, but buy some selenite. Yeah, for sure. Um, And, yeah, so if you're an active dreamer like me, like, definitely pick up some amethyst. If you are someone who does not remember your dreams, don't get amethyst and kind of stay away from crown chakra and third eye chakra stones in general, I think. What chakra are, like, sodalite specifically I'm thinking of? That's a great question. Because that's the one that works for me as well as um, lepidolite, which I don't know what chakra it is, but I do know that it's, like, a... um, Allegedly depression healing stone. Well, damn. Sodalite is a third eye chakra stone. I think Lapidolite is too. Okay, so maybe you need third eye rather than crown. Yeah. So that's that's interesting because I was kind of lumping third eye and crown chakras into the same area because both... Both of those things make me think... Um, but just if we're thinking about like what chakras do in general, your third eye chakra is making you think more like internally and like having you just go to that next level of awareness, both internally and externally. Whereas your crown chakra is kind of more about like just your brain and how it's like processing things. 
which I think are subtle differences, but they're important differences. Yeah, especially in this particular example where it was affecting our sleep patterns. Yeah, so, you know, I I guess I was thinking, like, oh, maybe crown and third eye chakras are, like, a no-go, but third eye chakra stones are usually recommended for, like, deep meditation, and... Yeah. Deep meditation also usually means that, like, you are in a place where you have, like, filtered out all the noise. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when you are trying to do mindfulness exercises, you know, when your entryway into mindfulness, you'll usually be asked to count your judgments so that you realize how many times a day you judge so that you can then learn to release those judgments. And by releasing them, eventually train your brain to stop judging. Mm. Um, it early mindfulness exercises will point out how hard it is to not think about something once it's been suggested. Yeah. Like if I tell you to close your mind and picture a blank movie screen and then I tell you don't think of a yellow Jeep, the first thing you're going to project onto that blank movie screen is a yellow Jeep. So third eye chakra stones, if they're going to help you deeply meditate to the point where someone can float the yellow jeep out there and you're like going to immediately bat that away in your internal like visions um like that could be super helpful with people who are active and inactive dreamers because it means like you are removing everything out and blanking your mind out as much as possible yeah for sure so sodalite works for you it works for me too as does lepidolite which i think is a hugely underrated stone yeah, oh yeah, I love, I think, well, one, I think Lepidolite is one of the most beautiful ones that I have encountered, and it just, it resonates with me on a sleep level and also just a personage level. I think it's a really helpful one. Yeah, Lepidolite is, um, it's supposed to be really good for dealing with depression, which is something that I struggle with, so I think it's always going to go back to, like, what's causing yes. your lack of sleep. Yes. Are you depressed? Lepidolite may be great for you. Are you... Is there something about Celestite that works for me better than you? Because I have a huge one on my nightstand, and that has... I've noticed once I have placed it there, it, it's really nice. So, Celestite, ha- it has the word Celeste as in Celestial in it. Like, if you're really into the chakra aspect, it's supposed to help you, like, connect with, like, the angels, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, or the heavens. So I think it has kind of that association with blissing you out. Uh, um, Celestite and Rose Quartz kind of vibrate on the same oh, okay. loving, warm, light um, vibration. Mm-hmm. So I think that... I think Celestite works really well for you because you also have a lot of Rose Quartz. Yes. And I think those two stones just interact with each other in a way that kind of um, bathes your aura in warm, loving light. Apparently that's what I need. Oh, I, you know, I think that's like, I imagine that is a super calming, like secure feeling. For me personally, yes. For other people, maybe not. But I like Celestite, but I, I find that Celestite, um, Celestate's one of those things that's it's really great for me when I'm sick like I am today. And I think my brain is already just like a little wound down. It does not seem to like vibe well with my amethyst, but it does seem to vibe well with like my tourmaline and my bloodstone. Oh, okay. So I wonder if like those 
those stones are sucking like the negative tension out of me and are like grounding me so I can't float away into crazy dreamland. And then Celestite is just kind of swooping in and like filling all that space that had negative energy and tension building up with like warm, happy, peaceful, heavenly vibes. That's nice. It is nice. And that's like, that's the beauty of crystals. Like just like I had to mix and match all of my essential oils until I figured out that rose and chamomile and sometimes Lang Lang like combine in a way that I find soothing enough to quiet my mind. Like you got to find the right crystal recipe. Yes. That's a good word for it. I have like four, I think different ones on my nightstand and like that's apparently what works out for me. But it might not be the same combo for somebody else. It could be three of those four. It could be zero. Well, yeah. I mean, we can't agree on amethyst. No, we can't. Like, I... Don't put it on your nightstand. I I think that's false. Put it on your nightstand. See what happens. Different strokes for different folks. But one thing we can't agree on is every single day you gotta cleanse those crystals. Because whatever you... Yeah, your sleep crystals for sure. Yeah, whatever you did to them throughout the night, like, you gotta undo it for the next night. Yeah, I have noticed if I, like, if I don't, um, cleanse them either with selenite or some sort of sage spray or palo santo spray or I don't have any smudges but i'm sure like if you have a smudge that'd be a good way to do it too if you don't do that for a night or two like it's all gonna like build up in your crystal and then it's not gonna work as well for you yeah because it's either like you can't you can only fill a container with so much stuff yeah before it overflows um and you don't want to do that to your crystals especially if they're gonna bounce it right back to you like i will say that before you got me that really cool sage spray I was not great about cleaning them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love my amethyst geode, but if I don't cleanse it, I think it bounces back all the crazy dreams right at me. And then oh, I have, interesting. and then I have those like weird, creepy, lucid dreaming. Can't when I wake up, can't figure out what happened and what didn't happen. Oh my God. Kind of dreams. Yeah. I think something important to note too, is that like the, the amount, the capacity that a, that a crystal can handle, I don't believe is based upon its actual mass or like surface area. It's based upon its quality. Yeah. Like if you can only afford tumbled stones right now and you can't go be completely crazy and spend 80 bucks on an amethyst geode, your $5 amethyst tumbled stone is going to be fine. Yeah. As Just maybe put it in a bowl of water before you leave for work or something. Yeah, and it's about how you connect to it. Like, mm-hmm. whether you're buying a $5 tumbled stone or a $500 slab of something, owning it just to own it is probably not going to work as well for you as if you went in with an intention and found one that you felt good about. Like, I have, I went in knowing that I wanted to... um. Then I wanted to pick out some amethyst and I wanted it to be a geode and I still picked up like 17. Yeah. And then I bought one that was smaller than like what my budget allowed for because that's the one that just felt right. Yeah, I totally agree that that's the best way to to pick things, especially something that you plan on using for either something very important in your life, which sleep should be, or something that you do every single day, like sleeping. Bum, bum, bum. Can't remember what. Oh, sleep spells. So, oh, is that what you want to talk about next? Well, I wanted so I okay. So I think that like my metaphysical journey went like 
astrology kind of side by side with essential oil. I would not have considered them like the same world at first because essential oil just seemed like, oh, candles only better. But it went essential oil and then crystals and then like we got really into crystals and that seemed metaphysical enough for me. (laughs) Um, And then we bought some spell candles just for the fun of it. And I kind of love them. Oh yeah, I'm totally on the spell that spell. I am totally on the spell candle train. So we like we've gotten cleansing candles that are great, and we got this witch's purse candle that we just keep buying more of because you know why not open yourself to the bounty? Don't fix what isn't broken. That thing has been working for it us. It has been working for us. So because those kind of like sleep is just something everyone's willing to go in on. I think like money is something everyone's willing to like give a shot like why yeah, like, not try why not? some magic everyone like reblogs stuff on tumblr or, like retweet stuff on twitter it's like retweet this and like you'll get a hundred bucks in your life it'll just show up and like people are always willing to do crazy stuff for money because the worst thing that happens is you don't get money right and you're like well i'm just back at where i started like if lighting a candle every night helps bring that abundance into my life i would be crazy to close my mind to it. it is the easiest thing you can do yeah, so that kind of bounced us into, we've got some love spell candles. I have um, yet to see the fruits of those labors, but above. I think I have a lot of self-love in my life now that I did not have before, and I will give it that credit. I think, I think that's where you have to start, and I was just kind of not paying attention to that. Yeah, I mean, RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love someone else? Thank you, Ru. Thank you, Ru. So I, I have not been into a metaphysical shop that offers sleep spell candles yet. Yeah, surprisingly. But I have to imagine they're out there. I would hope so. So if you are willing to, like, go out on the full metaphysical limb, other spell candles have been great to us, so you should consider them. I would like to try making one. I would love to try making one. I, yeah, you're the candle maker in the fam, but... I mean, very basic, but, like, I mean, we might as well try. Yeah, we'll update you guys on how that goes. But if you go in your local metaphysical shop and you see a candle that's supposed to be good for sleep, I don't care if all you have to do is light it and say an incantation, or if it's telling you to carve shit into the wax, roll it in oil, sprinkle some flower petals on it, and light that bitch up, which we have done for other things. I was like, yeah, that's that's a thing we actually did. It's worth a try, because other spell candles have really, really worked for us. Um... I don't know that there are other metaphysical things out there for us to try yet. Um, I do know that until we decided to do this podcast, I had never asked whether anything about astrology is like a helpful guideline for sleep. Like, I don't know if there's like a, does your sign affect your sleep or um, does like where planets are at the moment affect your sleep? So I think there's a lot of things just like in general that affects sleep because of you as a person and astrology will have something to do with that but something that you can do um kind of as part of your self-care ritual for sleep um is notice the transits that that are happening um i noticed a lot that when mars is transiting through something in particular it could mess up your sleep if mars is having a hard aspect like it's square or it's um conjunct even though that's not a hard aspect like it's it's energy is going to merge with if it's if it's with your moon um it could affect your sleep because moon 
Neptune is the planet that is supposed to govern dreams. So if you have something with high energy like Mars that is interacting with one of your natal planets that is supposed to govern your sleep cycle, then you could be a little more active at night and you might want to take another melatonin or you might want to move a few crystals over or just put on an essential oil that you don't run every night. Just like take a little extra care to calm your mind or just start your normal ritual a little bit earlier because you're going to need that extra time to calm down because of Mars's natural energy to energize people and motivate people. Like your mind just might start running. Like if it's, if it's uh, doing something with Mercury, your mind is going to start racing because it's interacting with the planet of initiation and uh, energy. So if, if whatever astrological season we're in, like right now we're in Taurus season, but if we're in like a cardinal energy season, does that, have any impact on sleep like i i think it i mean i this is me totally just like guessing i think that um the energy of the season is going to affect you in a lot of different ways depending on your personal sign and how it interacts with the rest of your chart you know we're going through a moon and aries season right now and for me it's just like a normal day but for some people that might be an overwhelming energy to have they might not have a lot of aries energy interacting with the rest of their chart so it might be off-putting for some people so i think that um dealing with astrological transits in relationship to your sleep or just dealing with astrology in general in your sleep you're going to really have to do a lot of self-reflection and a lot of research on your own chart because It's very, very case by case. So it's not something to discount just because there's no like fixed rule. It's something to keep in mind for yourself. Yeah, I think that, you know, um, if you want to take a look at your 12th house, what the ruler of your 12th house might be, because the 12th house is um, traditionally supposed to govern dreams as well and sleeping and, you know, that kind of thing. Scorpio, Pluto, Saturn, I don't know what that means. So if you're using the Placidia system, your ascendant starts the first house, but like part of another sign could be in the 12th house too. So like co-star is not the best way to look at it because it doesn't give you a chart. It gives you a table. Yeah, that's not helpful. Hold on. Hold, please. Uh, your 12th house is, is completely in Scorpio. Okay. I don't know what that means, though. You have very vivid, deep, deeply connected dreams because Scorpio is a sign that is all about depth and discovery and Saturn is about difficulty and discipline. And so I think that those two combined in your 12th house is probably what's giving you those vivid dreams. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Astrology's weird. Astrology is weird, but apparently it reads people for filth, including myself. For filth. As does tarot, man. Yeah, that's its own thing. So, I have pulled the tarot for this week. It's the Eight of Swords, and it is about blind fear. It's about being afraid of things that aren't necessarily tangible or even real. They're kind of fears that you put on yourself. And it reminds you that life brings obstacles and adversity, but if you open your eyes and recognize that the thing that's holding you back is fear, everything around you, you start to see that, like, oh... The, the swords that are pointing at me, they're, I'm pointing them at myself. And you have to move beyond it. Um, it's about, you know, self-doubt, you know, being paralyzed by possibility, um, a seemingly impossible, impossible task, and obliviousness to your own blindness. 
So this is kind of giving me the vibe that maybe last week when your intention was to start something new and it didn't work out immediately or maybe in the way that you had originally planned, don't let that hold you back. See this coming week as an opportunity to work beyond your doubts and your fears and see, you know, that light at the end of the tunnel. I would also say that something that's really common um, in psychology, and I think now has become very common in pop culture, in the phrase at least, is imposter syndrome. So if you did start something new and you're feeling like, well, why did I do that? I'm no expert. Or look at all these other people who are more than like successful than I am. Like, don't end up with that imposter syndrome. Like, you are worthy. You are knowledgeable. You can do this. Yeah, I love that. That's a great way to kind of exemplify what this card is about. And it's not a doomsday card. It's an encouragement to look beyond what's holding you back right now. So take that with you and push forward this week. Yeah, take a deep breath, everybody. Let it out and know that you can be successful if you really want to be. You can. 